Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness and your justice. Thank you, Lord God, for giving us the revelation of Jesus Christ and the, and the grace to accept his atonement, his death, his resurrection as our deliverance out of this place, as our justification, Lord God, against the accusations of Satan. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross, for paying the price full in full with your blood. Thank you, Lord. This is a bloody mess down here, and your, your blood is the only blood that can redeem and save and rescue and heal and restore. And I thank you, Lord, for giving us power over all the power of the enemy. Thank you for giving us understanding, eyes, desires, uh, hearts to receive the revelation of truth as it comes through your word. Protect us, Lord. Give us, uh, uh, cause us to rightly divide your holy word of truth. There's so many ways, Lord, that we can be deceived in uh, misunderstanding or misinterpreting uh, the word of God as your t- true intentions were. So protect us and draw us out of those snares. Help us, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, I was just thinking before we started, I know we're talking today a lot about the the, her- the history of Herod and the Herods and the bloody background, backstory of what we're going to be talking about. But can I just read a scripture I just kind of flipped my Bible open to just before we started the program? And I thought, whoa, this is going to be helpful as you go through this, because um, it's kind of discouraging to see all these bad guys, you know, prevailing and getting in power. But it says here in Psalm 5, um, we're talking, he's talking, the psalmist is talking about my, his king and his God is the one true God. Um, and then he's, he's praying to God and he says, for you, God, verse 4, Psalm 5, verse 4, for you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil prevail with you. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all the workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. Lord, this is um, kind of a pr- uh, an introduction, I guess, to what we're going to be talking about today. Well, we're, we're looking in the book of Mark. We've been going through the yeah. book of Mark. <laughs> we come to the point where you know Jesus had sent out the, the 12 apostles two by two to preach, to heal, to cast out demons and all that. And then, uh, you know, word is getting around about Jesus. Yeah. Word is getting around about what the apostles are doing, the miracles of Jesus, just fairly early in, in the ministry of Jesus, earthly ministry of Jesus here. And then we, we meet this guy named King Herod, in verse 14 of Mark chapter 6. Now King Herod heard of him, for his name had become well known. That's our desire today. We want the name of Jesus to be well known. Mm, There's still a a large portion of the world's population that has never, ever even heard the name of Jesus. But the name of Jesus had become well known. And he said, Herod said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead. Therefore, these powers are at work in him. So what, what is what is going on here in the story mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's all explained the background mm-hmm. it it kind of it goes it shifts into the past well, I uh, think as we move along here and uh, g- g- we get the background of of uh, this uh, 
present time here. Well, we're seeing Jesus. Well, Jesus is sending those disciples. That he's instructing them. He's teaching people. It's kind of focused on Jesus. And now all of a sudden, we have a switcheroo. We're going to pulling in a, a, this the sub story that. John the Baptist story and what has been what happened to John. We hadn't heard much about John. What had happened to him, uh, and this kind of tells us what had happened to John. But um, so Herod, King Herod, this was not the first King Herod. This was not the same King Herod that ordered the the death of the innocents when the wise men came uh, and checked out the direction of the star. Uh, this is a descendant of that king. But um, I think we need to go back because here's the deal. We need to understand that Jesus's entry into the into the earth to, to, to rescue planet Earth to rescue us was set in, in a very dangerous, difficult time. We think we have problems here in America with all of our little um, whatever spy gates, water gates, intrigue, you know, people dying. Yes, yes, that's terrible. But that is really nothing new at all for people who are trying to stay in power. There's always been this kind of behind the scenes killing off people, uh, people they perceived would be rivals. And so Jesus, when he says, I want this, keep keep it quiet. Don't, Don't tell anybody about the healing. He really had this bigger picture in mind that he knew that this big... Uh, luminous swamp swamp and (laughs) black cloud that was hanging over that country, his people would at any moment come to try to swallow up what he was doing. Well, Not that he worried about it, but he knew it was there. Israel was an oppressed country. They were an occupied country, occupied by an evil, uh, demon-worshipping nation, Known as treachery, Rome, wickedness, and there yeah. was treachery, wickedness, intrigue, all kinds of things. And basically, we can sum up: this is this is essentially the way human government is. It's it's pretty much corrupt for the most part. There's a time to you know respect and go along with it as much as we can, and then there's a time to resist it. But at at this particular time. We we see just some very vile, well, vile things going on you know, here with first the Herods. Of all, with well, yeah, the Herods. I think we need to. T- there was two different forces uh, controlling the people at, during the days of Jesus and John the Baptist. the 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 one force was the their own country, the their own government, which is the you know the Herods and that sort of thing. But over the Herods were the Romans, and so right. we had we had two different rivaling. They were trying to kind of work together to to rule this rebellious nation. But um, let's go back, honey, and look a little bit at the story of the Herods. They had to go back to the Maccabees because there was kind of an overthrow, uh, tempted partial uh, during the days of the Maccabees. And then um, that's kind of what set this ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Can you can you kind of do you want to? Uh, well, so well, let me tell you what. OK, so they had been defeated. The Maccabees basically had been defeated. And the um, they had there were people left over in this revolt, uh, members of the Maccabean family, um, and so what had happened was uh, Herod had stepped into this. I think wasn't he of he was he was Idumean. Idumean, yeah, he yeah. was an Idumean king. And uh, being Idumean, appointed it, king, yeah. So um, and he the, the uh, Maccabees they're leader, their last living leader was Hycranus, um, and he was the grandfather, basically, of Merami. Merami was one of Herod's ten wives. 
And so we started it started out kind of with um, this uh, trying Herod trying to secure his position by marrying. He was kind of in cahoots with Rome, uh, good buddies with I think it was Anthony or somebody. Uh, well, and and so he's he was always going back to Rome to try to get them to back up his his move towards the throne. Well, let's go let's go back a little bit further, then you can continue with that. But you see, there was a Herod who was known as the Herod the Great. Okay, mm-hmm. there's about like four or five major well, that, yeah, Herods. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll kind of come into the contemporary thing here. You said he was an Idumean descent. Um, he he attained a position of great influence in Judea after the Roman conquest. And he was appointed to be the uh, uh, procurator, procurator, the, however the you governor. say, it, uh, governor of Judea by Julius Caesar. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he. So Herod the Great is the one who actually killed the innocents, correct? Right. Okay. He was actually he was actually Bil- yeah. given the title of the king of the Jews. Yeah. And remember, the wise yeah. men came. Yeah. <laughs> and they said. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? So they probably didn't realize that this Herod the Great, he wasn't he wasn't great in the sight of God, certainly, but he was also known as King of the Jews. So there's a rival king. No wonder he got so ticked, huh. and he went through the um, out, outskirts of Bethlehem and killed was it everybody under was it two or three years mm-hmm. old, and uh, so. And then, and then, but, but one thing about this King of the Jews just came to my mind. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, they put that big banner over yep. him. Uh, this is the King of the, the Jews. The King of the Jews. And so, who put that up there again? Was it? Herod? Oh, I think the Romans. Pilate? Pilate? The Romans. Yeah, yeah, Pilate. The Romans said okay. this, you know, King of the Jews. I have written what I wrote. It was kind of yeah. a mockery. Uh, for the Jews, and then but it the was Pharisees, also a pre- prophetic fulfillment because right, here he is, the king right. of the Jews. Though but, he is a bloody mess, right? Um, and the Pharisees said, you know, just no, change the name. Say he said. So they're picky, picky, picky. He said he was king of the Jews. He's not really the king of Jews. He's a pretender. And and and, and Pilate said, "What I've written, I've written." He's not changing it. And They're so, not going to change it. So, but I but, think that's very interesting. That, so you have the king of the Jews, the wicked one put up by Satan, and then you have the one brought forth by God. It's kind of an interesting. Um, well, th- not, this whole story is just uh, full of murder, uh, betrayal, intrigue, and we'll find yeah. out more some yeah. other things about it. But in so he. He, he was a builder. All these Herods were builders. This Herod the Great, at the time of, of Jesus' birth, he was starting to you know, build the temple. He did build the temple, actually. Build the temple. And he was very meticulous in the building of the temple. He kept every little jot and tittle of law, and he had the priests build it, and he had it very... It was very in, in that particular uh, uh, category or, or of a compartment of his life, he was very legalistic and very... Uh, per, you know, he wanted the Jews to actually uh, rave about him, and and so he did all these beautiful building projects, including that temple, so that they wouldn't see all the murder and all the the, it was the a cover assassinations. Up, but still, the Jews had, were right. But still, the Jews were always suspicious of him. They didn't like his descent. Well, they should have been. Yeah. You know, and and he not only built the temple in Jerusalem, but he also built a lot of. Uh, uh, pagan temples. Well, and he was one well. too. At, at some, at one point, anyway, he brought in a Babylonian priest to mm-hmm. be the high priest. And so, I mean, he's kind of mixing metaphors and being a a, a full fledged ha- pa- pagan at, at points. And so, and then you remember, of course, Jesus. Remember uh, Joseph and Mary. 
yeah. and, and baby mm-hmm. Jesus, young baby Jesus, uh, fled because of you know Herod's murder of the innocents, yeah. the massacre of the innocents. So they go down to Egypt, yeah. and then they they Joseph gets word that Herod is dead, mm-hmm. and then so he's heading back yeah. to uh, Judea, uh-huh. but then he hears his son Archelaus. It's, it's called Herod the Ethnarch. He reigned in Judas, and he was just as he was just as bad as his <laughs> He's dad. He's one of the sons survived, and he him. was very treacherous. Um, and he w- he was a very uh, wicked guy, and and he he was really oppressive to the people. Uh, he he was very very heavy handed. In fact, somebody reported him to Rome mm-hmm. and said, "Listen." This guy, Archelaus, is so wicked. His, he's so heavy-handed in his rule that if we don't get him out of here, there's going to be a full-scale revolt mm-hmm. among the Jews. And that, of so course, they, always is the they, key trigger word for the Romans. They, Romans, they oh, actually, a revolt and a, a, right. you know uprising, and uh, that's what they didn't want. And so they were very. That was a a key word for them. Right, right. And then so the Herod that we're talking about here in Mark chapter six. Is known as Herod the Herod the Tetrarch. Uh, there's another name for him as well. Um, Herod the Tetrarch. He he was the a guy that was um, uh, imprisoned John the Baptist. As we're so, talking about so here. So this this the first the, the son of Herod the Great, which was what was his name? I got to quit. Archelaus. Did did they get rid of him and then put this other here? They got rid of him and then he was another. They put in Herod the Tetrarch. Another uh, brother. It there was, was a lot. He of, was the yeah. Herod's uh, younger son. Oh. By another mother. Mother. <laughs> he was so he was a son by another mother, and he Jesus. he got in there, and um, he imprisoned John the Baptist. Um, he's the one when Jesus described Herod. See. This Herod, the ti- title Herod is a title actually. It's uh, a family actually, name. It's, he's known as also it's it's Herod Antipas, A N T I P A S. So he's known as Herod the Tetrarch, which means the ruler of a fourth part, or Herod Antipas, which is this this is the Herod we're talking about. Remember, and he's the one that confronted Jesus. He wanted Jesus to do some magic tricks for him. Basically. Right, right. Comes in and he was curious about all this. He so said, was well, he, so "Show was me his, a miracle. Show yeah. me a miracle." And and uh, so it was his grandfather who killed Jesus, uh, Jesus the innocents. The, the, wouldn't that be right? I, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Y- yep. Yep. So yeah, so we have a few Herods. No, and, it was actually his uh, his dad. Actually, his dad. Uh, so there were Archelaus and and Herod the Tetrarch were like half brothers. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, uh, G- he confronted Jesus, and this is the one that Jesus referred to as a fox. He said, he says, remember, he told his disciples, he said, go tell, go tell that fox that I'm going to do all these miracles. He was inquiring. So Jesus referred to him as a fox, and uh, he, now here's, here's the situation. Okay, hold on one second. I just see something here, too. So you said Tetrarch. There's four of them. So there was Herod Antipas, and then the other one who was the first ruler who was very wicked. Yeah, and, and then, then there was Philip, the brother of, the, of these two. 
Okay, so we'll, we'll talk about Philip here. In we a just second. want to get that name in there. Philip. Right, yeah. Philip, Philip was another here. Not, not Philip the Evangelist. It's, no, it's, no, no. It's known as Philip the Second, actually. Yeah. yeah, this is. And so, and then so if, if you jump ahead, <laughs> remember there was Herod Agrippa, known as King Agrippa, mm-hmm. which goes ahead when we read about him in the Book of Acts. Yeah. And remember Paul yep, uh, was yep. called on the carpet by him. So who? How was he? And he, he was the one that was attacking the apostles. Yeah. Um. And and everything and uh, Agrippa had his remember he came in with great pomp one time and, right and, and, Paul was, and yeah. Bernice which is one of his daughters mm-hmm. and then Drusilla uh, who became the third wife of the his his two daughters Bernice and Drusilla became the third wife of a procur- procurator Felix. So, so there they're, was all another they're, see, they're, they're all related. See, these guys are related. all related. And it's they're so... all basically, and we'll talk more about this in a second. Yeah. And then Herod Agrippa. Uh, in the book in Acts. The Acts yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, so he's he's the guy that, that Paul is um, encountering. Right. And, so we uh, have many he, Herods he said, along the way. He said, he's the guy that said, oh, are you trying to make me a Christian? Right. Yeah. So here so, we have the whole Jesus's oh. whole story, John the Baptist's whole story, are woven within the the, the family intrigue of the Herods, and basically, I'm just going to give you a fast summary of Herod the Great, the first one, the one who um, at the it, time of uh, the birth of Jesus, right? He yeah. he was so in, in insane, so insecure, so paranoid that when when from time to time he would go to Rome. Um, he would his his one he had many wives ten I think it was but his favorite one av- obviously the one he really loved was uh, Maria me Marie me yeah right and um, he would order that if he were anything happened to him and it went bad things went bad in Rome that they should kill her because he didn't want her to be anyone else's wife now he had mm-hmm. been she was a Samir uh, uh, from the um, a uh, Sumerian princess, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he had been betrothed to her for five years. So when he was laying siege to, to Jerusalem, finally to get it to the, in the initiation of his uh, capture of the country, he went and married her. And as time went on, um, he ended up having to, because of his insecurity and his paranoia, who he would he would kill. Um, he he had a sister also, Salome. She was a little snot. And she and her, she hated anybody who, I mean, I don't know, she kind of tried to protect her brother or whatever, but she was always tattling on people and, and getting here to believe they've, they'd rebelled against him and then he would kill them. So, uh, so we've got, you know, this is all lots of insecurity here, but he, um, he, uh, to say the least. he, he killed his own, um, he, uh, he killed his own sons and he killed because he thought that they were, it, it, you know, um, trying to rebel against him or, or revolt against him. He killed his mother-in-law. He he killed his wife's brother. Um, he killed his, his own uncle, Joseph. Um, he killed his his wife's grandpa. He, he was killing everybody all along the way. We don't need to know their names because it's just well, too I much. Well, I hope nobody listening here is related to uh, Herod the Great. Well, you know, and finally, <laughs> when it was all said and done, um, because of his little snotty sister's, you know, tattleting, he came back one time and he, he had his own, own wife finally killed. And it's very interesting. The most fearful uh, and remorseful 
and uh, he was he'd murdered his own wife he was then that caused him to kind of get delusional after that you know he longed for her he wanted her back um and she wasn't there anymore and so he's he, the other wives had boys he would send them off to rome to get educated then he'd bring them back put them in exile and then kill them so uh, he had his, his his one of his last sons not the the last one because he had four or five laying around but just five days before he himself died. Now, this is the, the Herod who the wise men came to see, Herod the Great. He, he had you know, he'd called for the, the, the death of the innocents, and he said, I'm the Great, I'm the Great. And I think there's a passage where it says, and he, he, he died, um, and the worms consumed him. That, was, uh, that, just, was, a, that just, was a different one. Oh, was it? That was at the time of... Um, oh, sorry. In the book of Acts. Yeah, that was a different hair. Oh, sorry. well, I'm sorry about the worm, the worm piece. And, oh, okay, but this is what I'm getting to. Sorry about the worms. That's going later. Yeah, the worms. <laughs> Judgments the worm, the of God. Refer a different but guy. yeah, but this Herod, he he killed his, you know, his other son, his one of the sons. He was uh, Antipather, or how you say it? I don't know how you say that. Five days before he himself died, he had his son, who was heir to the throne, killed. Five days before he himself died. I mean. This is like, where do you suppose this guy ended up anyway? But so just to set the stage, not to overwhelm you, but to, to tell you that there is real history, real backstory, real, why did Jesus do the things he did? Why did, how was he moving in and out of these very deadly and treacherous um, spirits and spiritual warfare that, that was that was being activated in in physical form uh, against him by these rulers uh, by even against John the Baptist I mean it was just like you're walking in a minefield here Jesus the whole time right right and but if you look all through the scripture you see all these things we read about you know uh, Cain and Abel and Jacob and uh, Esau and uh, Joseph and you know Moses and all and all through the Old Testament, the prophets Jeremiah, Isaiah, Malachi, and so all forth. All the time. All of them. We have to remember that all these things are, are occurring uh-huh. within a particular political context, religious, cultural setting, and we don't really understand that. And sometimes we think, oh, we think we should just everything. Yeah, this is an isolated everything event. Everything should be yeah. coming up roses for us. Everything should be fine, but we're dealing in the midst of a mm-hmm. crooked. Uh, Peter perverse. said, "Save yeah. yourselves from this crooked and perverse generation." Well, it's like Jesus, the strand of good news, glory. You know, people getting healed and set free, is weaved or braided right within this tapestry of nothing but paganism, bloodshed, murder, intrigue, Death. treachery. Uh, did I say betrayal? Uh, it, it, you know, there was no safety in any way. And this is not just for Jesus because he was Jesus. Like you said, it was Isaiah, it was Jeremiah. Whenever you get headlong, butting heads with people in human leadership, you'll see what we're seeing today. Even in America, you will see this kind of treachery, lying. I mean, I guess it it helps put it in in context with what what we see now. But it, and, and back then it was not as there was no tweeting there was no cnn there was no fake media or newscasters it was just 
I can't resolve. Nobody probably just really knew. Lie, so, lies and cover-ups. I mean, it was just whispering, and and, became, mm-hmm. and you can imagine the people were eating their food, not with joy and gladness, but with fear and trembling, and and you know, just you know, in every way, would the Roman soldiers be pounding on down their door? You know, twenty minutes. From, there was there was must have been constant anxiety, constant. You know, where do you escape to find peace? Where do you go to find safety? Well, probably the wilderness is the safest place because nobody's hanging out there. And well, that's where John the Baptist was for yeah, a long time. Yeah, he was out there. And then you complicated it, and you had the Herodians that were the political liberals that were uh, hobnobbing with all the political guys. So they were like basically the rich people mm-hmm. bought out, in, involved in the political system. So uh, in in a, in a in a bad kind of way. Yeah, and, then, and we and, then and you had, yeah. then you had the Pharisees. Yeah, who were so religiously uh, bound up, uh, and, and, and so you, so you had the people, they weren't finding any comfort from Rome. Mm-hmm. They were being oppressed by Rome. They were being oppressed by their laws, by their, their the, leaders, their the, religious the leaders. leaders. Yeah, you know, he says. Remember, Jesus told the Pharisees one time, the scribes and Pharisees, he said, "You lay on people." All these burdens, all these rules, 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 mm-hmm. and you don't pick them up with one of your little fingers. You yourself. don't do them yourself. In other yeah. words, he was when he was saying in, in Matthew nine thirty five through thirty eight that the people were scattered. One translation says they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. In other words, basically, part of that in context means they were being ripped off and destroyed. Mm-hmm. by a bunch of false religion. Religions, okay. false accusations fr- from from the secular arena, from the religious arena. Can you imagine how these little common people, can you imagine how the, oh. the Mary and Joseph and, and their little family and the various, their friends and neighbors uh, who lived and survived and worked and uh, with, with what? Absolutely no hope of ever getting out of this. I mean, you're just going to make your, build your, tables and plant your gardens and water your donkey and 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 live and die and what do you got a lot of it was about like just survival absolutely like it is today what do you and and not only survival but survival under very oppressive conditions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. dangerous positions and conditions and so you can just imagine why and it's kind of shocking when you think about it when you see the depth of the hatred and the that and and the danger that jesus christ brought to his own family and and the way he presented the gospel, the danger that he brought to his disciples. You can imagine that when they took Jesus down, and and it's kind of funny, they had all this power and they still had to find somebody to betray him. It's like, give it up, people. If you Mm -hmm. want to take him, go take him. But anyway, um, but he was scary to them. But you can imagine how it would have, you would have thought, you would have thought that, because like like in the days of Herod the Great, when somebody would rise up against him, he he went, the first thing he did was he went and, and killed 45 of the most noble and elite of the town that were resisting him. And then another time, a, a soldier stood up for in, in defense of one of his sons, and he killed him and 300 of the followers. So you can imagine that with Jesus, when Jesus is taken out at, at the garden there, that there would be some concern about going after uh, the, the the ringleaders, Peter, and being the chief of them. And so this could have snuffed out the whole the whole thing. I, I don't know if it could have or would have, but God didn't let it happen. But it was very precarious in that how how fragile and 
protected and yet vulnerable, this little group of 12 to to 70 people were, to 120 people, were actually in danger. They're in in the midst of a very hostile world, and we are in the midst of a very, very hostile world as well. Yeah, and some of our brethren around the world have tasted of that hostility, and they've given their lives. They've stood up for, like like, John the Baptist, as we're going to see. stood up for what's right now. Let's let's go back to Mark six here again. Uh, uh, they're saying uh, Herod is thinking, "Oh, oh, John the Baptist is raised, has been raised from the dead, and he's mm-hmm. going to come and get me." Yeah, superstitious. We're ghosts. And they believed in ghosts. And others said, "You know, is, is this John the Baptist?" So there's all these questions. Who is this? Who about the identity of Jesus? Correct. Same today. You got the History Channel and all these different books. Who <laughs> oh is my. Jesus? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? As if we don't. They're know. thinking like, okay, some said in verse fifteen, Mark chapter six, it's Elijah. Uh, Malachi chapter four, verses uh, five and six talks about uh, Elijah the prophet was going to come before that great and terrible day yeah. of the Lord to turn mm-hmm. the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers and so forth. So, so well, maybe this is Elijah from the. Uh, uh, prophetic uh, book uh, Malachi, or it could be as the prophets. Now, what now, what do you mean the prophet? Uh, they're talking about uh, the, the prophecy of mm-hmm. Moses in Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen that God was going to raise up a prophet like unto me. Him is one. He is the one you're going to hear, mm-hmm. or or it could be like one of the prophets. So, and then in in John. Uh, chapters, uh, well, you know, five, six, seven. You're talking about the, the people trying to figure out who Jesus is. You know, is he a prophet? Oh, he's a deceiver. Well, yeah, there's no, there's no prophet yeah. that comes out of Galilee. Yeah. Tell us who he is. This is the carpenter's son. Oh, this is the one. He has a devil. So, so yeah. there was, there was. You could say there identity. Was like at least what we see in scripture. Probably ten, around about approximately ten, major opinions uh-huh. and speculations mm-hmm. about who Jesus was, and so Jesus would declare, you know, like in the book of John, he declares who he is, mm-hmm. and his witness is true, and and because the Father bears witness of, of him and so forth, right? But, and, yeah, and he has the authority. He said, you know, I all the I am's. I am the bread of life. I am the the door uh, of the sheep, the door I'm of the, the good sheep. shepherd, I'm the, I'm the vine. Shepherd. Yeah, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. So he has. I am given, the light of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So he 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 brings out all parts of his here's, identity. Here's the true identity of Jesus. Faithful and, and witness. That's what yeah. we need to see in our world today. And and um, what you can see here at these guys, um, they're a little paranoid because they're super guilty and they're thinking, you know, because they're superstitious, they think, oh, we're in trouble. And so, but when Herod heard him, heard, he said, this is John whom I beheaded. He has been raised from the dead. So the guilt, the blood, the blood of John's execution was crying out from the ground and making Herod feel bad because I think Herod already felt really sad and bad and mixed and fearful about what he had done. Um, well, yeah, part of it is because if you jump down to... Well, let's uh, read it. You read it for 17. Well, it says for... Um, 17. Uh, for Herod himself had sent and laid hand, hold of John and bound him in prison. Uh, 
probably it was a prison on the northeastern shore of the Sea of Galilee, that's what historians tell us, for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. Okay, Herod's brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. Because John had said, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Now, (laughs) you know, he could have just kept his mouth shut. Right. There's a time to keep your mouth shut, and there's a time to stand for Mm -hmm. the truth, even Mm -hmm. if you lose your head over it. Mm-hmm. Verse 19, um, there, and we'll go back here a little bit. Therefore Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him. <laughs> Got mad. But she Got could to. not. Yeah. Because, see, Herod actually liked John. Yeah. He liked, he, he liked this guy, and he put him uh, basically in protective custody. Yeah. In the prison. In the In prison. And I think he wanted to just hear more about John because of verse 20. Interesting. This, 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 Maybe Herod uh, this was wicked getting... man, he says, he, Herod feared John, knowing that, verse 20, that he was a just and holy man, mm-hmm. and he protected him. And when he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. So this rough, rugged guy, this voice of one crying in the wilderness, who was sent to prepare the way of the Lord. We read about his prophesied birth and his Mm -hmm. birth in uh, Luke chapter 1, that he was going to be the one, the the forerunner of Jesus. He was going to prepare the way of the Lord. Jesus said of John, there's no one greater born of women than John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. Yes, he said the, the ones who at least in the kingdom of God are greater than he. And then he said in another place, in John... He said the law and the prophets prophesied until John. Right. From not, and then from then, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is preached. So there, there was a there was a breaking in. Right. Of of the new covenant. Through there John, was the John law, was the last guy on the old the law, list of the, the old prophets, yep. and he was like the overlap. He was kind of like the. In a sense, crossover. The, the cro- he was like a crossover prophet, mm-hmm. crossing over. From uh, really from from oh, the yeah. law and the prophets, not that we disregard the law or disregard the prophets, but into the grace and the 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 moving message. Uh, the message mm-hmm. of the kingdom of God, preparing the way. It was just like uh, in those days they had a, a guy that was called like a, a herald, mm, a mess, yeah. and and, uh, and and the if a ruler, an important public figure was coming down the road, they would send people ahead to fill in the holes in the road, uh, take the stones out of the way, to prepare the way of that ruler. And so John, in that same way, he was preparing. How did he prepare them? He said by, by preaching a message of repentance. Right. Change your mind, change your attitude. And he had a, a, a baptism that you are, you're identifying that you're changing your mind, that you're, um, you're turning from sin, you're turning to God, you're... You're moving in, in a new direction. Prepare the way of the Lord. Getting the stones of sin out of the way, filling in the the the, the ruts of of uh, the holes, the potholes. Preparing the way, making yeah. it smooth, making it possible, breaking the ground, uh, like the old pioneers too. They would go out into the prairie. You know, and they were, they were called sodbusters. Mm-hmm. They would take the plow and they would plow 
land that had never been plowed before, and it was not an easy job, but it was necessary in order for to have the crop, uh, uh, the crops and the harvest. And so John, he, he, in John, the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 3, we hear John the Baptist's testimony uh, when, the, when some of the disciples, there was a dispute, they came and oh, asked yeah, John's good. disciples and the Jews about some issues of purification and whatnot. And they came to John in t- verse 26 uh, and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, behold, he, he, is, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. John, in other words, you know, you got your competition over there on the other side of the river. What are you going to do about it? John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. So he's, and we, this is good for us to know. We kind of, you know, bl- gloat in, in our, our boast, in our gifts, our, our abilities, our opportunities, as if we're better than someone else. But those gifts, those opportunities, those special situations were given to you as a gift by God. So he says, you, you also bear, bear me witness that I am, that what I said, I am not the Christ but I have been sent before him. He says, you heard me say it. You're witnesses. I'm saying it again. I'm not the Christ. I'm not the guy you're looking for. I have been sent to go before him. Um, but he, w- and then he goes on to say, he who has the bride is the bridegroom. I'm not, the, I don't have a bride here. I'm not the bridegroom, but the friend, I'm the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him and rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. In other words, John's saying, I finished my work. I got it done. I accomplished what I needed to accomplish. I heard the voice of the bridegroom. This is the guy that I was supposed to um, introduce to you. Um, And then he says, the next verse I think is really important, 30. He says, I must increase. I mean, he must increase, but I must decrease. Um, And he who comes from above is above all. And he who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of earthly things. He who comes from heaven is above all. So when he said this, um, um, and, and what he has seen, he's heard that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. So he was saying, I must decrease. Which, And then another place he says, um, I'm not, maybe even it's here, I'm not worthy to unloose his sandals. His sandals, yeah. yeah. So, so he was really recognizing his place as only a, a servant, a forerunner, a messenger. But when he said, um, I must decrease, really the, the issue became apparent, I think, in John's mind that, okay, I'm done. I finished what I was supposed to do. I introduced the bridegroom. He's got a good start. He's on a roll. Where do I go? What happens to me? And and it's really sad, but it also seems to be quite necessary that John the Baptist would not get to um, join the apostles, be one of Jesus's. I mean, he was his cousin. You know, he was his cousin actually mm-hmm. biologically, mm-hmm. six six months older than him. But it because he was Elizabeth Elizabeth's boy, and that's who Mary went to visit. So mm-hmm. we know they're related. Um, but he. He was, what was his place going to be? Was he going to now switch from being the guy they knew him to be, the forerunner, the, the John the Baptist, to joining, merging his ministry with Jesus, merging the old with the new? No, there wasn't going to be a merging. I mean, it would make sense when you think, well, he joined Jesus, follow him around, and now preach the mm-hmm. gospel of the kingdom of God. Oh. But there was a, a clean break here, even in his death, which seemed to be sad, but also seemed to be in some ways necessary, I guess you'd say, and, and he was finished. So when you're done with your job, there's no sense to hang around. You're done, you're done. And yeah. so you could have said, John could have sat in prison 
And when they came, the executioner came to cut off his head, John could have freaked out and said, boy, this is what I get. This is it. What, what, where are you, God? Are you going to deliver me, God? I don't think he said that, um, although I'm humanly thinking he probably was tempted to go there. But he knew, yep, this is what I was, this is this executioner showing up that confirms what I thought, that I have to decrease, not only decrease, but go away. And isn't there a verse where he says um, something, something till John and then, uh, but the violent take it by force. The yeah. kingdom of heaven yeah. the kingdom of God, uh, suffers, violence, suffers violence, and the, and the violent, violent take it, it by, by force. force. And this is kind of in reference to John, um, who was violently executed, but in his violence stand for Jesus uh, and his willingness. You know, another time I remember they said, where Jesus was, uh, John and Jesus, where Jesus came to John and was going to get baptized by him. And and uh, John says, what are you, ta- what are you doing? You know, uh, you, I, I should be getting baptized by you. So already mm-hmm. John recognized the difference, uh, the new di- dispensation, the authority of Jesus Christ, believed him to be the Son of God. And Jesus said, um, permit it to be so for now, or permit it to be so for righteousness' sake. Right. Uh, it, let let it be for now. Just this is what we got to do right now. To it's fulfill all righteousness. To fulfill, there you go. To yeah. fulfill yeah. all righteousness. Yeah. And so to do it right to fulfill the, the, the will, the kingdom of, of God, we have to, I need to be baptized by you. And so they submitted to something that seemed at that moment to be kind of weird, awkward, and, and out, of, out and, of order. And, and so uh, you think of his message was repent for the kingdom of heaven was at hand. Mark, Matthew chapter 3, verse uh, 2. We read then Jesus after his temptation in the wilderness in Matthew four seventeen, uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So it's really the same message. It's a message of repentance from John. It's a message of repentance from Jesus. Right. right. But what J- there were people that were followers of John, and what he did is, and really the follower, uh, and this is really something of true leadership, true leadership, servant leadership in the kingdom of God even today always points people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, he's the real leader. He's the one to look for. He said, behold, the Lamb yeah, of God yeah. who takes away the sin Now, this of the is world. also remarkable and necessary, it would seem, because as we just kind of looked at in the beginning of this show, the muddy re- religious, political, spiritual mess, you know, we'd had the, the, the revolt of the Maccabees. We'd had the overtaking by Rome. We had the intrigue of the Herods. We had the bloodshed the blood within his own family. We have now see the incest in the family. Yeah. We see John speaking up to against that. But but what John, John came as a voice of one crying in the wilderness, the wilderness of this craziness. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody mm-hmm. knowing nothing or what to do or who's telling the truth. Right. And he was certainly not a politically correct guy. He he called the uh, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he called them, they're, they're a family of snakes. You're a bunch of snakes. These were the elite religious <sighs> leaders, and he called them snakes. Well, we can say the same well, thing. Well, he, he, he knew their true, their true uh, Colors. identity. So he, so he was not afraid to speak up. Um, Yes, and he spoke up to um, to Herod. Herod certainly, uh, because it's, he said it's not lawful mm-hmm. for you to have your brother's wife. Now let let's let let's just look at this a second. Here here's what here's what's going on with Herodias. 
Okay. That would be the wife of Philip, uh, okay. who now married right. Philip. Herod. Philip is uh, the half brother. Well, let's let's just take go through here. Uh, Herodias is his brother Philip's wife. Okay. Okay. So this is uh, Herod Antipas, the one that we're talking about here in Mark chapter six. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so when when she when Herodias was the daughter of Aristobulus, another son of Herod the Great. Okay. So they're all we'll related. Yes. So when she married Philip, she was marrying her own father's brother. Her uncle. Her uncle. Okay. Uh, what 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 got him so ticked off at John the Baptist and, and led what led to his arrest that, that Herod Antipas another of Herodias's uncles had talked Herodias into leaving her husband, Philip, his brother, in order to marry him. So he's talking Philip, talking Herodias into leaving his her bro- husband, her which, husband, which, which, he, which was, was his, who his, was his brother, and she was his sister-in-law. Right. So basically, he's talking his sister-in-law into leaving her husband Philip and marrying him, and right. they're both her uncles. Yeah, <laughs> and okay. so. And so this is, if you look in Leviticus chapter 18, it's all the principles about, you know, warnings against incensed, you know, in, uncles incest, and, yeah. in, did I, what did I say? Incensed. <laughs> incense. <laughs> it is ah, incensing. Not, not, <laughs> it's a bad incense to God, but incest is what I was wanting to say. Um, and he, so, so this was a very incestuous, okay, situation John was outraged that a ruler in Israel would commit such sin openly and rebuked Herod severely. And, and now, the, the text in the original language here is that not only John didn't say, it, just, it wasn't just a one time he popped up, hey, you know what, Herod, you know, you're sinning by having this wife who you mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. It was something that he talked about to him quite often. It was it was a it was like an Converse. ongoing conversation, and of course Herodias Heard is it. really ticked off about that. She's got kind of a Jezebel spirit, kind of. And then Salome, we will learn, learn about Salome, and she was named Salome. after her intriguous, snotty. Yeah, she's the aunt, I mean, great great aunt, probably. She's the daughter of Herodias and Philip, because Herod, so Herod the Great, was his. Salome was Herod Antipas's uh, niece, right? Okay, and yeah, and she's named after Herod the Great's sister, who was the one who kept <laughs> setting everybody up, everybody up to get killed, right? Know, tattletang, on right? Him. And then, according to Josephus, the um, uh, very reputable Jewish historian, she Salome she? married yet another son. Uh, her own father's brother. So she, it just kind of kept going on. Salome married her own father's brother and her mother's uncle of Herod the Great. So, you know, so the incest was just uncles and marrying marrying uncles and and divorcing brothers and... uh, it half, was like half a brothers. It, it was. It was worse than than soap operas we talk about today. We yeah, don't even you have think quite we have that. complications. This was yeah. today with marriages and families and stuff. Charts. This was. This is. 
It's, so, it's off the charts now, and it was kind of off the charts in this instance. But so and then we get down to verse 21 here. So Herodias is upset. Uh, She's looking for a way to Herod set this man up. Is Herod's protecting guilty. him. Herod's protecting John. Yeah. Uh, the Baptist by keeping him in jail. Uh, and then an opportune day came. Hmm. An opportune day for Herodias. I'm sure Herodias is looking for some, some way yeah. to get rid of John. When Herod, on his birthday, gave a feast to his nobles and high officers and chief, the, the chief men of Galilee. And so it's Herod's birthday party, and he's got Herodias' daughter herself came in and danced and pleased Herod, some very seductive type of dance, and pleased Herod and those who sat with him. Oh, yeah, this is good. Uh, the king said to the girl, I, I probably, I'm thinking he's saying these things after he's had a, probably a little too much to drink. Mm-hmm. Ask me whatever you want, and I will give it to you. He said, I just, I'll just a blank check, <laughs> or I'll give you my give you my credit, my visa card, and you can, you know, yeah. it's got a $10 million limit, just go for it. And he also swore to her. He says, oh, yes, yes, whatever you, verse 23, whatever you ask me, I will give it you up to half my kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's because she did a nice, at least in their opinion, dance. Mm-hmm. And she, so, went, out, she, she mm-hmm. went out and checked with mom. She says, mom, mom, what, what shall I ask? And mom knew exactly without what she hesitation. Wanted. Without hesitation. Yeah. Uh, she said, the head of John the Baptist. And immediately she came in with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly oh, verse sorry. 26. Yeah, read it. Yet, because of the oath and because of those who sat with him, he did not want to refuse her, so he's in a he's in a tight spot. Everybody's he, watching he, him. He'd opened his big mouth mm-hmm. after probably having too much to drink, and then he's got all these guys. He was known as being kind of uh, dishonest. Kind they of figured, okay, and he's just saying, "Well, I want to keep my word this here. This time, I got to keep my word because yeah, try, it's my reputation. Otherwise, I got yeah, I got a reputation to mm-hmm. keep here. Yeah, uh, uh, in front of all these uh, leaders, or they'll think I'm a coward. Yeah." So, and immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought, and he went and beheaded him in prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. Can you imagine? And when his disciples heard of it, they came and took away his corpse and laid it in a tomb. That's the end of John the Baptist. That's what we see on earth. He is, he's done now. He's been executed, he's been uh, exalted to the presence of the Most High God. He was definitely a martyr, although Stephen is called the first martyr of the, of, in the church. Right. John the Baptist was the, the last martyr, so to speak, that we know of in, well, the, in had, the transition. He How, had completed his, his, his work, and mm-hmm. while he was in jail... Um, yeah. Uh, there well, was going back to the Herod- <clears throat> Herodias thing for a minute, it, it just seems like Herod, uh, it, it's like after a while, your sin becomes so entangling, it actually eats you up. It actually, you know, like it swallows you up. And 
this evil never ended, but God used it to satisfy the righteous requirements. Um, that's well, <clears throat> God knew John was John. John got, he got to be honored, actually permitted to be a martyr, um, but he also had fulfilled his ministry. And so there was nothing here that was lost or to be ashamed of. And uh, he went out with strength and courage like all the other martyrs of whom the world was not worthy. And, you know, they killed, and Jesus refers to this at another point where he talks about it in the parables. He sent some messengers to those who kept the vineyard and they killed him. Mm-hmm. And um, then their own, the, the son, they killed him too. But, yeah. Well, there was a time... There was a time when John was imprisoned. Um, so he must have been there for a while. Yeah, in Matthew chapter 11. Now it came to pass when Jesus was finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. And he said to him, Are you the coming one or do we look for another? Now isn't that something? There was some, I don't know, doubt, well, discouragement. He, he, I want. I think he wanted to have the assurance that you know, just keep keep me informed. What's really going on? Is it still going good? Um, is this the right guy? I know it's the right knew. guy. But just, He's just, the one that had pointed to the Jesus and said, "This, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world." He's the guy. Right. It may not have been that he was in a place of doubt. It may have been. I mean, that's what it kind of looks like. But it may have been that he just wanted to introduce his disciples face-to-face to Jesus so that they uh, would yep. get connected um, to Jesus, too. I mean, you know, yeah, you could have yep. checked it e- out. Exactly, exactly. To f- so they'd find out for themselves because basically he's transferring mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the those that were, he says, no, no, you've been loyal to me, but now you got to put your loyalty to Jesus. Well, what, what wasn't, wasn't not, Andrew one of his? Andrew was, was one of Anon's disciples. John's followers, yeah. John's and followers. So, and that's and, the brother and Peter. Andrew, right. And Andrew. So you can see how the transition is he, starting to happen. The transition worked, worked good there with Andrew. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, he got his, brought his brother Peter to Jesus. But verse 4 of um, 4 through 6. Matthew 11. Uh, yeah. Matthew 11. Jesus answered and said to him, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see, the blind see, the lame walk. Praise God. The lepers, the lepers are, are cleansed. cleansed. Mm-hmm. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And, and it's like, yep, okay. Well, here's it's interesting stuff he right there. Guy. The Jesus said, go back to John. Tell him this. Okay, the blinds receive their sight, all that. And then he says, and, and tell him, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Don't get, don't get this wrong, John. This is not a rejection from father, the Father. This mm. is not a place where you need to be offended or upset or, or pull back. Feel like you. Blessed, blessed, happy, favored, blessed is he who is not offended. How many chances? Jesus said it, it, it's impossible that offenses won't come. Obviously, with the God of this world being Satan, there will be offenses all the time, all the time, all the time. And yet Jesus is saying, don't take it personal. Don't get offended. Don't get, you know, don't reject yourself. Don't reject the call of God. Don't don't throw away 
what you hold on, John. It's only going to be a few more days. Hold on to your testimony, and and don't be offended. And how many Christians get offended that well they get betrayed, they get hurt, they get knocked down. I'm thinking of just kind of quickly a verse here, in um, in uh, where Paul is saying in Second Corinthians chapter four, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. Is this the goal? Is this our personal goal? Is this the goal of the church we see today? Uh, it, it, you know, that to carry about in our body, like John, the... the um, the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in us. In in dying we live, and in living we die. To live is Christ. In him we live and move and have our being. He must increase, we must decrease. So where's the place where offense really has any right to be uh, in any of us? Because, you know, if if we get offended, it's like we're taking it like it's personal. This is not personal. Jesus says, he who rejects you rejects me. It's because of Jesus in us that we are suffering many times, suffering for righteousness' sake. And we ought to take that as a, a privilege or an honor. Not that we go out and start fights. And I don't think John was trying to start a fight with Herod um, to pick up. He was just simply declaring the truth. And so many of us avoid conflict. We avoid standing for the truth. We were chickens, we're cowards. It says, and, and there's a verse in, I think it's Revelations, it says, and there will be no cowards in heaven, right. you know, and the cowardly will not enter therein. And so, you know, with all these things coming upon us, and we may live to see them, some of you may live to see them, uh, the horrible, treacherous, horrible end times events, which are by far more more horrible than even what, uh, like, Mary and Joseph lived through with Herod and, and Caesar and all this, you know, our time, and, and people who've suffered many times in the uh, other countries, lost their heads, watched their children be beheaded, this kind of thing. We, we don't want to... It's going on today all over the world. Well, it, it's the same thing mm-hmm. as back then, but, but many of our people, because of the intimidation factor and because they, they're... Perfect love has not cast out fear. They live in anxiety, and they live in, live in fear of being persecuted or oppressed. And you know what? It is here. It is not just going to come. It is here. Teachers in schools, um, nurses in hospitals, doctors in, in medical situations, uh, people who stand up for their faith, little students in, in, their, in their third grade classes. I mean, people are being persecuted they're 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 getting they're they're not getting promoted. They're getting bullied. They're not getting uh, they're not getting their pay raises. They're um they're just being squeezed out mm-hmm. by evil, and and so it gets so subtle we don't know how to specifically stand sometimes. As John John was not, uh, I I don't think I mean he was so you could say he was squeezed out, but I don't think John was squeezed. Out. I think John knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And he knew where it would end up, and he was okay with that. Mm-hmm. I think we need to really make a commitment to stand for the truth these days and not be intimidated by the control factors of the people in force and power because they will not remain. God, it said what I read um, in the the opening moments of this. Uh, let me read it one more time. 
uh, verse Psalm 5, verse 4. You are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and the deceitful man. So, Lord, we pray right now for your, your vengeance, your justice, your pr- protection, your justification of the righteous. You're giving courage. You're giving love to those who are afraid that you will give us courage and boldness to stand and having done all to stand and not to wimp out, not to backpedal, not to deny our faith in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, I thank you for helping us to stand firm, fully armed with the whole armor of God on us in these days. Lord, in the midst of of increasing persecution, even from within what's called the church, help us, Lord, to stand with love, with truth, with firmness and grace. And not to be offended. In the midst of this crooked and perverse generation. Amen. Help us to not become bitter, fearful, but Lord, let us live in your mercy, your grace, your love, and your truth in these days. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Yes. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.